Hello and welcome to another episode of CISO Tradecraft, the podcast that provides you with the information, knowledge, and wisdom to be a more effective cybersecurity leader. My name is G. Mark Hardy, and today we're going to discuss how you can better partner with the business to create a bit greater impact. And we also have another Monday morning email, so be sure to stay tuned till the end. As always, please follow us on LinkedIn and make sure you subscribe so you can always get the latest updates. Being a CISO requires you to partner across the organization to bring cyber to the right discussions. Now, when folks look at you, they need to see two things. Number one, executive skills. Others need to see you first as an executive, someone who understands leadership, management, and strategic executive skills to run part of the business. Number two is cybersecurity expertise. You need to have technical knowledge of all things information security because that's your area of the business. Remember, it's really hard to prioritize security spending if you don't even know what this particular cyber tool does or why it's important to the organization. Now, as a CISO, you must develop positive relationships with the CFO, legal, marketing, business units, CEO, the CIO, and human resources. Now, except for the CIO, everyone is basically non-technical. Understanding that we have to have conversations that are not IT-centric, we need to speak to other executives in terms they understand and about the things that they care about. For example, when you meet with a CFO, are you talking about web application firewalls to protect your apps, or do you have conversations about money? Now, here's an excellent conversation you could have with a CFO at any company. Hey, I've been thinking a lot about how we approve risk-taking here at our business, and I'm trying to understand a little bit better about spending authorities. Can you tell me the purchasing amounts a manager, a director, a vice president, or even executive committee could approve? Got it. Okay, so a manager would be able to approve up to $10,000, a director $100,000, a VP $1 million, and a senior vice president $10 million. All right, that makes sense. Now, given that a manager can only approve $10,000 or spend on new purchases, I think it would also be appropriate that the manager could only approve $10,000 of identified risks to the business. Is that something we've ever measured at our company? Hmm. See, here we've created a discussion to partner with the business on things they know and care about. We've also created opportunities to improve cybersecurity risk governance processes. This is exactly the type of stuff that CISOs need to focus on when they work with the business. Now let's look at how we could have conversations with your internal legal counsel. I mean, legal gets looped into many things that you might not see as a CISO. It's common for legal to review every contract. And this means they can see risks that might be occurring that you don't see. So take that as an opportunity to partner to make the business better. For example, I've been reading about more countries requiring their citizens' data to be stored within the local country. Have you seen any contractual language as a legal department that we have which might help us with third-party agreements in this aspect? And if we're unable to comply with this type of requirement, what would be the impact to our business? You see, risk-based conversations such as these foster partnerships where CISOs and legal counsel can work together to make better recommendations together to lower the risks that are faced by the business. Let's look at marketing. 
Marketing is one of the biggest influencers on where the business will go in the future. For example, today your business sells advertisements on Facebook and LinkedIn to attract customers to the company website. However, the company website still needs to be optimized for the mobile experience. Speaking to marketing, it's often like kind of being a therapist. I mean, you want to understand their pain points with the technology and the organization so you can help. I mean, at its core, everyone in information security should also be quite familiar with information technology. So you broker conversations with the application development team to help translate the marketing needs into technical improvements. This allows marketing to feel heard, which brings you into more marketing discussions. The end result is if marketing wants new IT features, you get a seat at the table earlier to help them, which also allows you to put in security enhancements at the beginning. Another good example is through discussions with marketing, you might learn about how they send customers emails containing PII or other account information. Now, when partnering with marketing, you might suggest, hey, what if there were a custom portal to capture the customer communication? Then we would need to email sensitive information externally. This then further protects our customers from potential data loss. If we have a business email compromise, it could improve our reputation because we're not going to potentially be caught losing information this way. Um, I mean, these conversations lead to creating a better customer experience, both in terms of interactions and in terms of security. Now, talking to the business units is another key opportunity for partnership. At the end of the day, most business units care about generating revenue or producing products. So finding ways to help them do that better, faster, cheaper is key. As a CISO, you need to get an understanding of how the business makes money. Now, one way, if you're at a publicly corporate-traded company, is to gain insight, just read the company's 10K reports filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. And here you can read about the business the company is in, the risk factors the company may face in the future, financial data on recent performance, and the management's discussion of operations. And then you could use this as a reference to start conversations. For example, looking at the 10K report, I can see we made $50 million in Q1, 60 million in Q2 and 70 million in Q3. This is really great growth. Now, one of the things I want to help is to ensure we keep making these gains. Can you tell me what applications your team uses that would cause the biggest harm to our organization if they were disrupted? Now, let's say the customer relationship management or CRM solution is a key concern. I mean, if the CRM were unavailable for two days due to a ransomware attack, what could the business do to continue to make money without the CRM solution? Do we have other ways to interact with our customers, record transactions, or look up customer information? See, here we're creating helpful discussions on business impact analysis and continuity of operations. And this will allow you to get crucial information that you can validate during disaster recovery planning. And these discussions will also help during Sarbanes-Oxley or SOX compliance with security, data backup, and change management reporting. Now, talking to the CEO is a big one. CEO time is the most important in the company, so you need to make sure you never waste it. Find ways to involve the CEO only when necessary and, and make sure you leave that individual with a wow factor. For example, you could say, we've been closely watching how our companies and our industry vertical are being hacked, and the biggest cause today is phishing. 
Our fishing exercises each month show that we currently have a click-through rate of about 20%, and we're setting a goal to reduce that to 10%. To that effect, we've noticed a trend. Each time that you as CEO speak to the company, we're seeing employees do as you've asked. They listen to you. So during the next company, All Hands, really like if you would to share the message to report phishing attacks and avoid clicking the links. We'll put the slides together for you to illustrate the last phishing exercise and tips employees can follow to get better. We anticipate this only take three minutes of your time. Will you, will you help with us with this? And here we can see we've identified a clear communication. Phishing is the biggest risk. When the CEO talks about phishing, we improve. And the cyber department needs only three minutes of my time to present on phishing. It makes it pretty easy to approve and then move on with their day. The CIO is the one executive that's likely to be technical in terms of IT. And that means that we can have discussions not just about risk, but about the technologies behind them. For example, you might say, this week I was reviewing all of our financially significant applications, and these apps have backups, which is a really good thing. However, the developers who have the ability to create backups also have the ability to modify or even delete these backups. Thus, if one of their accounts were compromised, then we're at risk of losing some of our critical systems. Now, based on this risk, I'd like to partner with your network and storage team to identify a read-only backup which could protect our critical data. This solution would not give developers write or execute access to those files. Now here, we provided a solid risk discussion to the CIO that allows for actionable steps to be made. We're going to ask for resources from the network and storage team to address a major risk to critical systems. And CIOs will take interest and broker conversations to protect the business. How about HR? I mean, HR is an organization with which you will probably frequently engage. Anytime we discuss what we should do when people are deemed to be high-risk individuals to the company, we need to bring in HR. They should be the neutral party that keeps cyber from looking too much like Big Brother when we need to log, monitor, and alert on activities. And conversations should focus on topics such as insider threat. For example, you might say, we have a solution that performs data loss prevention by monitoring emails that leave our company. And we've identified a person who's tried to send sensitive emails to their personal Gmail account. Now, Cyber would like to have a discussion with that person's manager and HR to understand if there's a business requirement we just don't understand, or if this is something that HR should tackle because it does violate our cybersecurity policies on preventing information disclosure. Now, another example of partnering with HR is determining consequences for people who are riskier to the organization. I mean, let's say your organization conducts phishing exercises. What action should the organization take if an individual clicks phishing emails on three consecutive scenarios? Uh, do we put that person in additional phishing training? <laughs> do we remove somebody's bonus? Do we give them a warning that if it happens again, they'll be fired? Or do we only use positive reinforcements? See, each of these solutions are discussions you want to have with HR since it affects, well, humans. And perhaps your organization decides if folks mess up that we provide additional phishing training. Fine. To add positive motivation to that, maybe each organization could compete for a day off work or each work center have a sponsored happy hour. In essence, the organization, the work center, the group that has the lowest phishing rate and the highest phishing reporting rate wins. Now, prior to advertising a day off or even a 
happy hour, you really need to get HR and executive buy-in. So as you can see, discussion with HRs involves cyber risk, but focus primarily on the human threats. Together, we can formulate a strategy, and then HR and the CISO provide a unified front to the CEO, to whom you say, here is the way we recommend the organization approach something. The CEO sees collaboration and well-thought-out ideas that fall well in line with current policies and guidance. It provides the best option for getting things approved. Now, hopefully you've enjoyed learning how to partner with the business. Remember, as a cyber executive, your goal is to help the company remain profitable. If the business isn't profitable, it's harder to invest in cyber. Cyber is in the business of revenue protection. So identify risks across the business that could harm profitability. Partner with your peers to address these risks, and together, your company wins. Now it's time for the Monday morning email. And in today's Monday morning email, we got a question from Anthony asking, what can I do to fix my resume so I can win my first CISO job? Well, hey, that's a great question. Let's start out with what is the difference between a CISO job and every other job? I don't know, gray hair, uh, no sleep. No, sorry. But to whom does a CISO report? The answer is someone above the cyber department. Okay. But whereas almost every other cyber job has a report back to someone who knows, lives, and speaks cyber, a CISO is going to report to a CIO, a CFO, chief risk officer, legal officer, maybe even the CEO. So your resume won't likely translate if you include nothing but a lot of technical mumbo-jumbo on cyber. Okay, so you've told me about what I shouldn't put in, but what should my resume focus on? Focus on impact. You could say, my role had this amount of responsibility. I oversaw, led, and influenced such and such. And as a result of these actions I performed, I made the following impact on the organization. See, this brag sheet translates to non-technies. Now, if you're looking for things to talk about, take a look at the CISO knowledge domains. We did a two-part episode in January of 2022, episodes 59 and 60. Go look them up and you'll find lots of good information there on which you can start to focus the items that you're going to talk about. You're going to talk about how you perform things, such as letter risk management practice, which created remediation plans, driving down millions of dollars of inherent risk. You led the product security program to address vulnerabilities in customer-facing software that contain PII information in a timely manner. You enabled the business to adopt new mobile application software that allowed marketing to reach more customers in a secure fashion. You see, these types of impacts and how you led a cyber organization is exactly what executives will look for when they're reviewing potential CISO resumes. Make yours stand out by showing impact, displaying your technical, managerial, leadership, and executive competence, and you're going to get more interviews, and you're going to get a better job. So, Anthony, thanks again for sharing your question with everybody who listens to CISO Tradecraft. Now, remember, if you'd like your question shared, please visit CISOTradecraft.com and submit a comment. Or email me, your host, Gmark Hardy at gmark at CISOTradecraft.com. Or respond to our post on LinkedIn. We're happy to help you on your cybersecurity journey. Well, thank you for listening to the show. And remember, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please share the episode on social media and click to subscribe. Thank you again for being part of our audience and good luck on increasing your CISO Tradecraft. Until the next time, stay safe.